Hey, this is Brad Biley, and you just found Insights, the most listened to podcast by recruiters and staffing owners who want to learn what's working in recruitment and digital marketing. If you're new to the show, here's what you can expect to hear. Every other week, Matt Lozar, Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing, and I, our Director of Digital Marketing, break down what's working for staffing and recruiting firms across North America. But Insights is not a marketing show. It's a show built to help you get more job orders and more applications. And whether you stumbled upon the show or you're here on purpose, we're glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up? This is Brad Biley, and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we feeling this week, buddy? We're doing well, Brad. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm actually doing really well, Matt. I feel very good. Um, mm-hmm. To our listeners, I know you can't see us, but I am I am sitting across a desk from Matt Lozar. We haven't recorded an, episodes of the, an episode of this show in this studio in probably, what, two years? Three years? I don't know if we've done it since the famous March 13th, 2020, the last day we were in the office. It's, I don't know. It's shocking, man. Yeah. And uh, so typically, if you listen to the show, we're recording over Zoom or we have another tool that we use. We mix it together so that it's pretty seamless. But we are back in the office for a very special episode today. We have Alicia Little on from AppCast. Alicia, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Brad. It's great to be here. It's great to have you as well. Alicia, for our listeners and everyone today, we're going to be talking about AppCast's 2023 Recruitment Marketing Benchmark Report. And if you're unfamiliar with AppCast, Alicia, give us sort of the overview of who you are and what you do. AppCast is a programmatic recruitment technology company. Um, And so what that means is, (laughs) just because sometimes it's helpful to explain, um, is in a nutshell, we make job ads work better. So it's optimizing with data and tech where job ads are placed, how they perform, um, and making sure that you get the results you need. So hires. Okay. And and how about you specifically? So you've been at AppCast for a little while now. What is it that you do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. um, I came to AppCast almost six years ago. Um, I have been living and breathing marketing at AppCast. It's been a sincere pleasure. My career in marketing has been almost 20 years. Not going not gonna to age myself here too soon. Um, but um, I've spent a lot of time in B2B tech, but specifically in realms of HR tech. And so it's been just a, just a treat to help build AppCast. And so um, currently my main focuses are on building, building the brand, Telling, telling the story of AppCast, helping more people find out about us. And um, uh, I head up our content team. So uh, this benchmark report is one of my sort of favorite annual projects. Um, and certainly I do not do it myself. There's an entire team behind it. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Alicia or even Matt here, for, for anybody who might be listening to Insights for the first time here, why don't one of you just explain what recruitment marketing is in its very foundation first before we get to the benchmark report? From from a Haley marketing standpoint, we say recruitment marketing is um, whatever it takes to basically get the right candidate for the right job. It's it's not always the right candidate. You know, All candidates aren't right for all your open jobs, which is good, which is okay. Yeah, can be scary when you need candidates. But then we also dig into four or five pillars, depending on who you talk to. It's career sites, employer branding, social recruiting. The fifth one is kind of kid automation. Obviously, today we're talking about job advertising. So those all go together because it's it's can be a push and pull when it's a candidate market versus client market. 
And with job advertising, we've partnered with AppCast since the end of 2018. Wow, it's been a long time. And they've been our the partner we use to um, the software that we where we help manage um, job advertising. I like how you said that, Alicia. You know, make job ads work better. That's that's simple. It's a heck of a lot easier to understand than that p word of programmatic. So AppCast recently put out their seventh annual recruitment marketing benchmark report, which provides the data you need to understand where, when, and how to reach the candidates you seek and how much you may have to spend to reach them. So Alicia, I got to ask, do we need to spend more to reach candidates in 2023? Let's start right there. So in a nutshell, the answer is yes. Um, Now you're going to see in the report that um, CPAs declined. That's great news. Great news. Um, so it costs a little less on average to get an applicant for your job. However, um, you'll notice that despite that, um, CPAs are still super elevated beyond what they were pre-pandemic. And so like the labor market, um, if you've ever, or if you have any interest in listening to my colleague, um, Andrew Flowers, who was our labor economist, um, you'll note that, you know, the labor market is tight and so it's competitive. And so depending on what you're hiring for, yeah, you're probably going to have to pay a little more, even though there's easing, there's good news in this report, but still high. Yeah. And and right in the report, um, I'm looking at it right here. It does say that CPA did decline when we look at uh, year over year in December of 2023, employers paid nearly $25 and 14 cents per application, which was down almost 22% from the same period last year. I mean, that's fantastic, right? I mean, we always, I, I, I know when we're evaluating things at Haley or when we're even talking about how to better work with our clients, we're always trying to drive down costs. 22%, I'll take that any day of the week. Totally. And that could be a function of, um, you know, one of the other sort of key metrics that we look at is apply rates. Um, those are trending upward. And so like, that's good news for costs as well. You're getting more bang for your buck. Um and then the other part of that is, I guess, what I would caveat what you just said, Brad, is that um, we like to say there, there's there's no one labor market, but of course, there's also like no one job wreck. And so, yes, this you know this is an average, this is a median, um, and certainly, I'm sure some of your listeners are probably saying like, what? That's like I'm paying way more than that, or I'm not paying nearly that cost for an applicant. Um, and so, you know, this is kind of just like high level trends, um, but certainly in the report, you can dig in a little further. And with the high level trends, it, it's really, really important. You kind of talked about this, Alicia, you have to compare apples to apples because it's a healthcare application with a company apply mm-hmm. versus a manufacturing application with a quick apply. There's no, it's just so different. So that's where you take some of the trends overall and look to see how it's affecting your data and your company. And that's the best kind of takeaways. I think we'll get into some more here throughout the interview, but that's, I think, one of the biggest things for companies to remember is it has to be apples to apples or you're just going to put yourself in a pretzel and really get confused about how to make sure that that's all working together. Let's talk about some of those apply rates that you had mentioned, Alicia. So pulling up the report here again, in 2022, apply rates trended strongly upwards, uh, nearly enough to forgive the immovable nature of the recruitment metric in 2021. And then your team went on to say, by the end of 2022, the three-month moving average apply rate reached 4.41%, which is the highest point of the 2020s. Matt, Alicia, are you seeing that application rates are, in fact, trending upwards? We definitely saw... If you go back and look at data, because now we're in the beginning of 2023, so comparing that to the beginning of 2022, mm-hmm. it was tough beginning of 2022. It was expensive. And it 
started to come down quarter two, quarter three. And then at the end of quarter four, which kind of the three month rolling average talks about, like it was getting better. And it's unusual that that flips in November and December. And that's, that's something, you know, AppCat does a good job with, with the recruit economics website where they do recruitics and economics together. And you can start to see how people have started to come back to the market even more. And if, if applications are getting lower costs in November, December, that's a market shift. Cause usually it's, Hard to find people, especially in November, December. Then January comes, resolutions, everybody's happy and searches for jobs. So that that backs up what we were seeing definitely at Haley Marketing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, there's just been so much going on over the past couple of years. And, you know, pandemic recovery made things incredibly challenging because there was just huge demand for workers. And, you know, for a number of reasons, workers weren't necessarily coming back to the market. Um, however, um, sort of like recent data suggests that workers are coming back and and that could be due to any number of factors is like they have a lot of choice they can be choosy um you know wages have gone up so they could perhaps get paid a little more with inflation picking up you know people are starting to feel that in their purse strings and so they're looking to get um back into the market and back to work Let's talk about cost per click for a second. So we talked about cost per application. Um, in the report, your team noted that cost per click stabilized near about a dollar. Um, so getting clicks to look at those those jobs and look at those opportunities ac- across you know the the AppCast network, right? Um, in the fourth quarter of 2022, the median cost per click averaged about a dollar and seven cents compared to a dollar ten in the same period in 2021. So cost per click is going down. Cost per application is going down. That should be pretty reassuring for everyone listening to the show that it is, in fact, easier, not easier, but more affordable in a sense to get people to view your jobs and then apply to those jobs. Is that right? It is. You're, you can probably get some more coverage and visibility a little bit easier than the challenge. And this doesn't come into the report. That's a different episode for a different day. But sure. what happens after somebody applies? Like trying to get that conversion down the line. And that's where, you know, AppCast has, you know, started to go really with end-to-end analytics where you get cost per hire. And there's some data at the end of the report about this to where, you know, what's it cost to get that hire? That's when you talk to CFOs or, or business owners, that's what they want to see. And that's that next step, the holy grail. It's it's super challenging to get that because there's application, you have to get source tracking, you have to get your budget. There's how many ATS in the staffing industry and outside the staffing industry that all configure. It sounds super easy. Hey, I placed a job. How much does it cost when I get an app to get a hire from Indeed, ZipRecruiter, AppCast, you know, all these different platforms, but it's, it's a lot more challenging than it is. And AppCast is, you know, last couple of years I've seen, they're starting to really help take those steps to get there. There's so many things that are out of your control right now, right? Obviously you have, you have no control over um, the economy, the market, um, but there are so many things within your control. And certainly, um, you know, some budgets may allow to bid up on CPCs or to pay a little more for an applicant to drive um, volume. But if that's not an option, there's still a number of other things that you can do. And I think you, you kind of alluded to this, um, Matt, in that, like, you know, take a take stock of your application process. What are you doing? Are you, do you have the right message? Do you have the right offer? It's so competitive out there. Like, what are your competitors offering to your um, target job seeker? Um, are you offering enough pay? Are you offering the right benefits that resonate with your um, market? So despite the like chaos out there. Um, there's a lot of things you can do to kind of get your house in order. Friends, again, today we're joined by Alicia Little from AppCast. She is their director of brand and content reviewing their 2023 
recruitment marketing benchmark report that you can get directly from AppCast's website. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Alicia, I want to ask you a question that we talk about on Insights quite a bit. It's something that I hear as I'm talking to countless individuals throughout the industry, whether it's at a speaking engagement or just talking to a prospect. Individuals throughout staffing and recruiting constantly ask us, how long should a job title be? Or how many words should be in a job listing? Does your team have any sort of facts or findings from this report that talks about those metrics? You got it. Um, yeah, I would say of most of the sort of job ad specific content that we've put in this report over the last seven years, um, job title length has been consistently one of those things that we include. Um, and the data for years has always suggested shorter is better. So specifically what that means is one to three words. Um, we've looked at characters in the past, we've looked at words, but the trend is always the same. Shorter is better, um, more concise. Um, and of course, this this is kind of um, the insight from that. It's not necessarily specifically in the data, but you wanna have words that are consistent with what job seekers look for. You're optimizing for search logic, right? And so um, no no fluff, no fancy words, um, but keep it straight and simple. Yeah. And Matt, you've said that on past shows too, that we shouldn't have you know marketing wizards in our job title, but we should actually be talking about director of digital marketing or something very, very specific to you know what the job actually is. I've said that before. I say that for the business card, not the, the job posting. Yeah. It's the job boards are they're like Google, they're search engines. And mm-hmm. people will literally go there and just type in warehouse. They won't type in anything else. They'll go there and literally type in, you know, nursing job or just SLP. They won't yeah. it's it has to be very, very simple. And I've seen you've seen so many just so descriptive and fun job titles. It's that's not it's it's a difference between a job posting and job description. So the one to three words, it's it's a it makes sense in terms of with the anecdotal kind of logical part with with data. I mean, I, I want to be called a marketing wizard, but sure. We all do, right? <laughs> but, but you have to earn that title. And <laughs> apparently that comes with time and experience, I guess. Absolutely. Let's talk about including salary or compensation in job listings. Um, I know in working again with, with countless individuals throughout the industry, it's still a, a pretty taboo subject, right? Do we want to include salaries? Do we want to include a range? Do we even want to disclose it at all? Or do we just want people to apply you know, for me, I think including salary weeds out a lot of people who might not, you know, apply. Um, it, it helps you if 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 a job is listed at a certain range and they're not interested in that range, they won't apply. Um, so on the candidate side of things, it might rule some people out. But I think it also protects a lot of individuals from getting junk applications. Let's call it. Is your team finding that including salary does or does not have an impact on applications? There are benefits on both sides. Our team, and specifically the Recruitonomics team, um, has been watching this, this sort of developments in this area like a hawk. And we conducted a study um, back when it was first rolled out in Colorado. And so did this sort of like side-by-side comparison between Colorado and Utah, given similar demographics and whatnot. And so on the job seeker side, there was suggestion that, again, not necessarily causation, but correlation, um, suggests the the labor force participation rate um, ticked up immediately after that. I think it was 1.5%. And on the um, employer side, uh, listings dropped. And so that was kind of like, oh, we're scared about this. We're not going to post jobs in Colorado right now. We're not ready for this. Um, So then, so that's, phase one of the study. Phase two of the study is like, okay, what impact does this have on job ad performance? 
And so the team looked at what happens when you include um, pay information. So whether it's a range, whether it's a, a fixed number in the job title. And the result was, yes, more eyes, cheaper clicks. And to your point, Brad, um, that's exactly it. Like, it sounds scary to get less volume. However, it's it's in all likelihood a better match. You get you get more serious eyes on your job, um, on your job ads. And the other thing is, you know, at the end of the day, um, it saves everybody a bunch of time. Nobody wants to go through the process of trying to get a job, going through the interview, going through all the hurdles, and then getting to a point and being either severely disappointed or feeling way out of your league. And you know, your recruiter's time is certainly um, valuable and of the essence, and so you don't want to waste that time. Um, Job seekers want it. There's a number of studies out there that, that say they want it. The data that we have shows that they indeed do want it. And from the employer side, there is a cost benefit to it. Um, and not, again, I'm not going to like preach, preach the gospel of pay transparency, but we know it's coming. Like there's been a number of states who have rolled out in the, in the months since Colorado. And so, you know, at least for the time being, it suggests there is like some sort of competitive advantage to including it. Um, and, you know, there might be a, a case being made to just to get on board, whether it's law or not. Just shifting from the from the job advertising recruitment marketing, it makes sense. Like it right. feels like salary transparency is the next really really big thing that's coming to the industry. Like DEI was really big, still is. You know, it got now it's become a big focus point. Now, salary transparency, it's been looming. That Colorado law was big. We had a client out there, and like they literally listed every benefit in the job. It was a it was a unique law, mm-hmm. but it, it's coming, and it it doesn't make sense why it's been so taboo. Like it's breaking this mold of oh, you shouldn't care what you're getting paid, just do the job. When that mindset's changing, and there was yeah. a LinkedIn post that was talking about this of I, I you could see the irony happening happening right now, where there's some states and companies putting salary transparency laws. You know, you have to put it in there. You have to put that, what it pays, et cetera. But then some companies are mad when you ask about the salary in the first interview. And it's this, this weird irony of, yeah, we need to know. Like It saves so much time and energy. It's a big factor in why people switch jobs. Yep. Culture and all that's probably the second one. But you know, pay is one of the biggest things. So it's, it's becoming bigger and the data is now backing it up that, and we've always said this, and it's cool that anecdotally is backing up with data, that if the salary is in there, you're going to get not even just you're going to get more of the right candidate. And that's where the decrease of the applications is is okay. And you can take that deep breath and accept it. I, I mean, yeah, you want a sense of fulfillment in your job and you want to be happy in the role that you're in. But at the end of the day, you're entering a contract with an employer and I'm going to give you X amount of time and do X role for X compensation. And that that's the contractual agreement that you have with an employer. You know, at, at the other side of that too, at 3.4% unemployment, if we're targeting passive job seekers who are interested in, in taking the next step in their career, I don't want to talk to somebody potentially who is going to offer me less than I'm currently making. That that wastes everybody time, everybody's time. So I think from a from a logical standpoint, it totally makes sense to include salary and compensation within your job listings. Now I'm going to ask another question, Alicia. Where should we put that salary, though? Should it be in the title? Should it be in the description? Anything that your team's finding to sort of stack the odds in our clients' favor, our listeners' favor here into where they should be disclosing that information? The study we did was specific to job titles. We did not look at descriptions um, simply because it is a larger lift. However, you know, to the conversation we were just having, right? Like, why not weed people out? Um, 
immediately. And and furthermore, if you're playing paying for applications versus clicks, then why not kind of sift out those non, you know, the looky loos and the people who are really aren't serious about applying for the job um, right off the bat. Um, so again, the study didn't look at descriptions um, uh, yet, I would say, um, but at least for the time being, um, data suggests that in the title, it certainly has benefit. And I, I should add to that too, um, you know, we're talking about job seekers and employers um, and the benefit to them. Um, but I, I believe, and I didn't realize this when it first was rolled out, but the the original intent of these laws is to really attack, attack is a very strong word, um, to uh, address wage inequalities. And so bringing that to light and, and, you know, that remains to be seen. It will be super interesting. And I know our team is kind of all over watching how this whole thing unfolds over the, over the coming months and year years, but to see if in fact that does address the problem that was intended to address. Matt, you reviewed the report pretty extensively ahead of this conversation and, and even shared it with the collective team here at Haley Marketing. What was one of your biggest takeaways from the report? So we got to stay with me here. It's one of my favorite, I think, takeaways is it's pretty nerdy, but it's it talks about how the apply rate stays constant during the month, but the clicks per job that you need decreases through the month. If I interpreted that right, yes. Okay. So it's, it's interesting. I want to walk through that because it, it's a... A trial we've actually been implementing with one of our um, education staffing clients. They do a lot of pediatric staffing, like in educational clinical settings. And we were seeing the first week of the month was super expensive. And then the last week of the month wasn't as expensive. So in January, we did this test. We we started to pace the budget a little differently. Mm -hmm. So we held back some of that monthly budget for the back half of the month in January versus quarter four. So January, 2022, or excuse me, January, 2023. Wow. Versus quarter four, 2022, 72% more applies, 16% lower budget, just because you adjusted that, the data from the AppCast report. So Alicia, talk to me through it, make sure I understood that correctly, but how, what are you seeing in terms of like how that apply rate? So can behavior staying the same? There's not as much competition in the back half of the month? This is my favorite piece of data in this report as well, Matt. So um, nerds unite. Uh, <laughs> and we've looked at this a few years consistently. I think this is the third year and the trend has been the same. And um, I like I want to use the story you just told as a case study because it's a perfect application of that is that exactly like job seekers don't search for jobs on monthly cycles. They don't care about where they are in the month. They're applying for jobs whenever. Um, but so many companies are beholden to monthly budgets and understandably so. And certainly um, their timing is of the essence for many organizations. And certainly that kind of flexibility may not be as feasible or you need candidates fast, you need candidates yesterday, sooner rather than later. Um, but if you do have flexibility, yeah, the, there's less competition later in the month. Um, and if you can appropriately pace your budget, um, you know, shout out, shout out to programmatic, um, you will get more bang for your buck simply because of that consistent apply rate. Um, it's super interesting. I'm so glad you brought up the example because um, that's exactly the intent. And I think that's important. And, and Alicia, you alluded to it. Matt, you alluded to it. We all need applications yesterday. And we all understand that we're not here to to certainly say, hey, wait until the fifteenth of the month to to run your your job advertising because it's more affordable. If you need applications, run those applications. But I think 
the 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 overall theme here is to be super mindful of what's happening holistically month to month and not getting caught in the weeds of what's happening day to day or week to week and looking big picture and also smaller picture. It goes back to the beginning. Make job ads work better. So yeah. you have to understand the industry, the market, software, numbers, all of these. Like there's a lot of levers to pull to really, really get to work correctly. And yeah, you could just start the budget beginning of the month, end of the month, you get frustrated, you throw in five or ten percent more. You don't have to do that. That's what the takeaway is from from this finding is knowing how just to to manage that budget correctly. You're going to get the applications you need. Might take a deep breath for a day or two, but it will pace correctly and will lead to to more at when you'll this is just one example, but more applications at lower cost. That's that's perfect. Friends, we're joined here again by Alicia Little of AppCast talking about the 2023 recruitment marketing benchmark report. And I'm gonna be honest, I was shocked to find that applications, when we look at them across a seven-day week, are lowest on the weekend. Now, y'all did the research. You ran the study, you ran the report, I trust the data. But logically, I'm thinking if I'm working 40 hours Monday to Friday, I have to apply on the weekend. But the data is showing that actually Monday and Tuesday, people are probably super upset at their boss come Monday morning. Hey, I'm going to get online. I'm going to apply to a new job. Maybe that's the logic. But walk me through sort of the findings here of applications are down on the weekend and they're actually up. uh, They're the highest Monday and Tuesday based on the report. I must admit, I was a bit surprised too. Um, however, this is a consistent trend sort of year over year as long as we've been looking at this day of week. Um, earlier in the week is better for snagging applications. And that could be, because I agree with you, I'm like, why aren't people applying on the weekend when they have some free time? Um, however, um, it could be that like Sunday scaries, you know, they show up at their job Monday morning and they're just, you know, they're really over it or they're looking for a change and it's like they're reminded of being there. Um, the other thing we talked about, and again, you know, I am not preaching gospel here, but the other thing too is um, the volume of mobile applications is pretty significant in any industry, and people have their devices on them all the time. Um, so, you know, depending where you are, um, you could be applying whether you're um, at work or not. The other thing I kind of thought was interesting is that. Um, you know, perhaps you'd think about this in a sort of like white cl- white collar versus blue collar type roles. And I think traditionally, that's what we often thought was the case. But the other thing is that we've got remote work now. So you know, you have people um, who traditionally may have a desk job, um, but they're working from home, Boss isn't looking over their shoulder. And so they're like, you know what, I'm, I'm having a bad day, I'm going to look um, at my options. And, you know, certainly given some of the recent um, economic trends, um, that might be the case. I I do think it is interesting and I don't know that I have like a great uh, explanation, but I think, you know, I guess weekends are precious and people don't want to be thinking about work on the weekends. It's so interesting, brother. You, you, I've been in the data for so long, like this has become like my norm. And I think yeah. you got there at the end, Alicia, it's Friday at five o'clock comes or whenever you're done with your work for the week, you don't want to think about it. Right. You want to have your weekend. You want to enjoy it. Like I don't want to be sitting there applying for a job more than likely. Like we're in staffing and recruiting a lot. So that's might be a little different, like blue collar, white collar, desk, non-desk, however you want to frame it. But I think people don't want to apply for a job. Like think like it's Saturday, they're whatever, if it's sports, family, yeah. vacation, like yeah. that's what that's where I where I have I guess made my own conclusion on why this is happening because the debt has been there forever. It's been, you know, Friday, Saturday, you can see it fall off a cliff. And then 
Sunday or Monday, it starts to pick back up. Like we always say, refresh your, have your jobs Sunday night, be up. So that Monday, Tuesday, they're at the top of the list. Like don't wait until Monday at noon. Then you're, you might be, you know, behind that wave. You got to be ready for the wave to come. And that's, you know, we've seen that for a long time, I think. And that's just, yeah. I think it's personal behavior. The, you know, Friday, you go to happy hour. I don't want to be applying for a job. I want to be enjoying my, my 48 hours that I don't have to, to do that wherever your, your time off is in your job. It, well, it's an escape, right? And and I, I think you both got me there and, and helped me understand it. But if I'm, you know, thinking B to C, if I was running, if I was running ads for a, you know, a, a t-shirt company or whatever it might be, I would want to run those ads probably paycheck Friday. You know, I'd want to run and double down on my ads when I know people are getting paid. That's when I would double down and say, Hey, why don't you give us some of that money and buy a new shirt? Right. You said t-shirts and not pants. I, for the first time in a long time, <laughs> Alicia buying uh buy, yeah, it is a common theme on insights of, of what joggers and what pants we should wear when we work from home. Um, and I'll be honest, Matt and I talk about it way too much, but I think we finally got the wardrobe dialed in, in a remote setting, but it, it took us way too many episodes as our listeners know to get there. But then on, on the staffing side of things, I think it makes total sense, right? I'm escaping from it. Maybe I'm going out for drinks. I'm relaxing with my family Saturday, Sunday. I don't want to think about the boss that I hate right now. Right. But Monday when I go into a meeting and I get barked at, okay, now Monday night, I'm going to go look at what's going on because I'm remembering and I'm getting triggered by, you know, what, what I don't want to be a part of. That makes total sense to me. And, and that logic is, is totally sound. Totally. And um, there's, uh, there's another, again, I'm like, I'm pontificating on this, but, um, you know, this kind of speaks largely to the, the passive or already working candidate. Um, but also like, if you don't have a job and you're looking for a job, at least my, both my personal experience and, and people that I know and people, um, over the years, um, if you're looking for a job and you're really serious about it, you treat it like a full-time job. And so you are doing it Monday to Friday. You're staying in that routine. Um, you're spending a lot of time on it um, and you're still kind of keeping your weekends to, to yourself. Alicia, any other findings within the report that maybe we didn't touch on that you want to make sure our listeners know about? I'm going to, I'm going to speak to this in a, a broader sense. I, I'm not going to zero on, in, on any sure. specifically. I love talking about the timing trends and, um, and the job content. And spoiler alert, we're probably going to look to pull more job ad content data um, very, very soon. Um, but I would say just as a general takeaway, the whole mission of AppGas publishing this report, and similarly, the whole reason we have our recruitonomics team is to arm people with data. And certainly, if you're in staffing and you have, you know, you have uh, a large sales force of people who are trying to get more jobs on board, you're equipped with the data to help people make good decisions. Um, and you know, anybody who downloads this report is going to see like 40 pages of data. And yes, it seems overwhelming, but it helps you zero in and get a little more granular on: Are you on the right track? Are you um, being competitive with your talent competitors? Um, is there an opportunity to um, change your process, um, bid up, um, create some efficiencies in your apply rate or apply process? Um, yeah, that's kind of, I would say, like, my most important thing is there's a lot here. But if you're clear on what your goals are, if you um, have a sense of what your current baseline is, then this information can help you kind of plot the way forward. And I would say, like, given the ever-shifting nature is, like, keep keep looking at it. And Alicia, one more time for everyone listening, how can they get the AppCast 2023 Recruitment Marketing Benchmark Report? Head to our website, which is appcast.io. 
Um, and it is actually one of the first download links on the main homepage. It's our favorite piece. So we put it um, prominently um, on the homepage. And walk us through one more time about Recruitonomics in case anybody is interested in learning a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So earlier in the show, I talked about things you can't control and things you can. Um, we really created Recruitonomics to just because you can't control things doesn't mean you don't pay attention to them. And so Recruitonomics is really helping um, recruitment and talent professionals just kind of stay on top of what's happening in the market because it could have implications on your ability to get candidates. Um, and I will say it's done in a very uh, accessible way. As someone who took Econ 101 and nothing beyond that, um, it's a great way to just get a quick download of things that may be changing and things that you need to be aware of um, in the labor market. Well, Alicia, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and walking us through the 2023 Recruitment Marketing Benchmark Report. Friends, if you're at all interested in learning how to be more efficient with your job advertising, if you want to be more efficient with what you're doing, you want to drive down that cost per click, you want to drive down your cost per application, you just want to be a little smarter with what you're doing. None of us like to throw money away. I certainly don't. And whether it comes to your business or heck, just buying a new pair of pants for yourself, we want to make sure that we're doing everything that we absolutely can to make sure we get the best value for every single dollar. Alicia and her team put together a great report so that you can look at what's working right now for companies in staffing and recruiting and companies outside of staffing and recruiting so that you can take those insights and apply them to your business in 2023. Alicia, again, for Matt and I, I want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing your insights with us. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we'd love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. If you have a question for us, you can tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. For my podcast partner, Matt Lozar, our guest this week, Alicia Little from AppCast. This is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time. 